0: I am Desmond Bertrand-Pitts, CEO of the Center for African American Military History.
1: And I'm Leanne Kelly, the communications coordinator. And And this this is On the Front front lines. Lines. We're back! We're back! We're back, guys.
0: With another episode of On the Front Lines. Uh, what are we talking about today, Leanne?
1: We are talking, first and foremost, Happy International Women's Day. So it yes. is March 8th. Um, and March
0: is Women's history. history Month.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So we want to say uh, we definitely have programming geared to that. So be on the lookout for that. But then also, we're talking about police presence in the black community. Right, Desmond?
0: Yes, Um, so we're talking today, the conversation is about law enforcement and the relationship with African-Americans in the community. Uh, We have Constable Rosen and his team, and we're we're ready to get in this conversation.
1: Yep, I'm so excited. Here at the Center for African-American Military History, we are more than a museum. Did you know we had four venue spaces? We are open for business with COVID-19 safety procedures. Our spaces can host events from small meetings to weddings and corporate luncheons. Contact Shelly Fair to book today at events at or give us a call at 713-942-8920. Alrighty. Hey, Dez. Hey, Leanne, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I shouldn't say Des- Desmond. We're in front of company. Desmond yes, Bertrand. Be respectful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> respect the position. So we have Constable Rosen, and we have Officer Harrison, Lofton Harrison. Chief with Harrison. Chief, chief Harrison. Harrison. Excuse yeah. me. Put some Thank
0: respect you. on his, yeah. too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Chief.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and not to mention, like, we have a, an audience. Um, Constable Rosen comes with his entourage. We love it. So I had to bring mine. Yeah. Um, got Leanne, Rachel, where,
1: Lashawn, yes, but she's still,
0: she around here somewhere. <laughs> um, so we're happy to have um, both of you gentlemen. Um, so we'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourselves, tell us a little more about you, what do you do in the community? Um, yeah, just let us know who you are.
2: Oh, great! I'm Constable Allen Rosen, and I've been uh, in elective office now eight years, and I just won a another four-year term. I'm a native Houstonian, a U of H graduate and um, just love the community. I, uh, my whole office is really about uh, community service. You know, I always refer to myself not, not as a politician but as a public servant. And uh, I will be a public servant as long as I am in an elective office because I believe there's too many politicians in the world. We need more public servants and people that give back and care about the community and love the community. That's what the heart and soul and the pulse of the Precinct 1 Constable's Office is, is is community service, it really is. We do a law enforcement function, sure, but we also have a huge uh, presence in the community. So, and then I have Chief Harrison here who's over our patrol division. He's been with me since I uh, was elected into office. He's been over our patrol division uh and is over our internal affairs division so he gets to look at police misconduct or anytime there's a citizen complaint against the officers that work in the department he oversees all of those investigations as well great guy true leader um, somebody that uh, leads from the front cares deeply about the community and i am so fortunate to have him as my partner as a part of my command staff and uh, just as a friend as well, because he, he is that as well. So, Chief Harrison, you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
3: Thank you, Constable. You know, it, is, it has been a pleasure coming to the office. I came to the office in 2013 uh, when the constable t- uh, was elected. Uh, he asked me to come over with him. Uh, I was very pleased to have that opportunity. Came from the Sheriff's Department. I was there 24 years prior to coming over, so I've been in the office for been police work for about 33 years now. Um, <clears throat> I'm from the uh, uh, Independent Heights community. Uh, went to went to high school at Booker T. Washington. Um, uh, did attend. I graduated from U of H as well. Okay, um, cool. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a deacon at my church. I go to church in Acres Homes community. Okay. Uh, so uh, just love what I get to do. Get to uh, we get to hire people. Uh, people that we've seen in our communities, uh, get to work with people in our communities, know a lot of people personally from the communities, and uh, I, they feel, feel very comfortable to be able to call someone that they not only uh, see working, but know personally. So we, uh, we just enjoy what we do and enjoy working for Conspirosa, he has been great.
0: Great, gentlemen, thank you. Um, thank you both for being here. And we also have Erica Davis, who is the Chief of Staff for Constable Rosen, and also a high school classmate of mine from the High School for Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice. Um, and I kind of want to just get a little insight as to what brought you to this work. Like, why join the force, or why be in, in law enforcement?
2: Well, I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer, and I thought, what better way to learn the system than to work in the system to be a more effective advocate for uh... people that may get involved in the criminal justice system so for me it was that that really led me to law enforcement initially and then i just fell in love with it um, it, it there there are a lot of rewarding things about it um, there's a lot of things that we do every single day that help people and change lives uh... you know and so i, I that's why i got in i got in because i just love it um, and and love to serve as i said i'm a public servant uh, that's what I am, and I work for the people that vote me in every four years. That's my employer, and I'm on a referendum or I'm on a new job interview every four years, and people, if they like the work that I'm doing, they reelect me. If they don't like the work that I'm doing, then certainly they would un- unelect me, but um, that's what drove me is I was going to be a criminal defense lawyer, and I thought what better way to learn the system than to operate within it. Yeah.
3: Chief? Okay. Yeah, uh, for me it was different. Quite different. Uh, I had a good friend that was in police work, uh, and uh, I was going at that time to Houston State University uh, and uh, had a couple of kids and was married, and uh, really needed to come and take care of my family. Uh, I'm a first generation police officer. I do now have two sons that's in law enforcement, been in law enforcement for quite a good while, uh, and it has been what I feel has been the greatest thing about being in in, in, and having this opportunity as a chief to be able to sit at the table, to see effective change and make effective changes, be a person that's a a decision maker uh, in law enforcement because our communities, what I saw is they needed people in our communities that were from our communities. And so that's why I enjoy it so much. I get to do it because I get to hear what people have to say about their plight, people like myself uh, and 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 be able to be a difference maker, not just from what someone said, but actually being on the ground.
0: I, I love what you just said, yeah. um, and that is probably it, that is really the premise of this show, but also what we do here at the museum, because we're we're huge um, in terms of community, and what we're doing now. Well, the pandemic has taught us that we have to be more community related um, and make sure that we're engaging with our audience, um, because. During the pandemic, or during the closure from March through September, we didn't have people, um, you know, in the building. We couldn't interact with them that way because, with museums and galleries of you know of this size, that's how we connect with people. Yep. Um, you can't really do a museum virtually, you know, in its capacity, you know, and you have to be able to engage with the artifacts and the history and things of that sort. So what we had to do was pivot to make sure that we're doing. Things that the community needs, so we're having conversations about mental health and the African American community, and how faith and uh, therapy are, you know, intersect, and just making sure that we're listening to what people need and advocating um, as well. Like and that. advocating, for, and I think on their that's behalf. what
1: you spoke about, like especially right. being a deacon in the Acres Home um, mm. or in the church that's in the Acres Home area. Correct. That is historically black and historically Hispanic, and I love the fact that you are part of that community as well as overseeing what's going on in the Houston area mm-hmm. um, I want to touch on like what has your office done to create a sense of community within the African American and, and brown community well so, kind of touched on it yeah
2: yeah so since since I've been in office since the day I walked in I thought the single most important thing we can do is break down any barriers break down any conversations break break it down to where we get to know the people, that we interact with and the communities that we serve. And so immediately, we, we, I got a community outreach uh, director at the time, it was, it was Erica Davis, and we sat down and thought, what way can we be most impactful to connecting to the community? So we were doing our piece long ago, and back in 2013. So uh, we started several programs that we do yearly that really are impactful and they really bring people closer to us. So first off, I created a policy back in 2013 where no matter where our officers were uh, policing, they were required twice every hour to stop and get to know somebody, stop and talk to somebody, you know, interact, uh, find out a little bit about them. And and instead of just driving around in a police car and see to your car and only getting out when there's bad things, let's stop and talk to people proactively. The only way people are gonna understand what we do and we understand them and get to know each other and find out about each other's cultures, find out about each other's lives and kids and wants and desires and, and, and dreams and all that stuff is by getting to know people. So that was the first policy we, we started. Then we started a, a teen leadership summit where we get about 1,000 kids every year, uh, mostly at-risk kids, by the way, and we bring them into an auditorium and we feed them, but we have a dialogue and we start talking about our relationship and ways we can improve our relationships. So they get to say what they hate about us and we get to, say, we get to learn from them And we get to tell them good advice on what, you know, like if you get stopped, a traffic stop, what to do that's going to make it a positive traffic stop. Uh, If you see a suspicious person, we do this whole exercise is when the call drops. And they interact with us uh, in the public. And we get to, they they become part of the narrative during the summit. And a lot of the kids came in there very, very hostile. Uh, We actually had them fill out forms before that said, are you positive about law enforcement, neutral about law enforcement, or you can't stand law enforcement? And so we had all walks of life there. We had law enforcement, we had different races, genders that were part of the panel. We would have uh, defense lawyers, we'd have social workers, we'd have usually had artists. So, you know, Paul Wall and Zero and some of those guys. Came out for us too, that and participated in the summit, which which made it really neat. And then we did some things to market it that really brought the children to us because they thought, wow, these guys are kind of cool. We put swingers on a patrol car. Oh wow! And uh, we I would be there for that. <laughs> We sure did. We sure did. When Paul was part of our uh, Paul Wall was part of our uh, uh, summit, we put swingers on a patrol car. You should have seen how many looks we got. I think we got about 5.2 million views. Uh, on on the uh, on the car so we were doing everything we could to make it a friendly environment for kids to come in and participate and let me tell you something we learned from them Mm -hmm. as much as they learned from us and uh, we do a basketball tournament every year it's usually back to school so we give away school supplies and things like that and it's kids playing against law enforcement and we usually bring in a celebrity basketball player and we we have haircuts we get you know the girls get their nails done we oh, give away yes. backpacks we feed everybody we have uh, 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 higher learning institutions there like uh, u of h and and tsu and Prairie View and texas a&m and ut and we, we have a whole bunch of people there that are trying to again get people thinking about college opportunities and so it's a it's an all-day deal we usually do it at, 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 a, at a high school that's close to people we send buses out to pick up kids, and, and it's an all day affair, and it's awesome. It's just so awesome. Uh, so, we're always doing something. Uh, we were doing before the pandemic ourselves, we were doing monthly um, programs like teen dating violence, teen bullying, um, you know, different programs, uh, how to recognize someone being human trafficked, uh, things that are positive and connect to the community. So, I mean, we, I could go on and on about this, by the way, no, but no. I'd take up the whole oh, this show. this is all good stuff. This is good. I mean, like, this is actually, like,
1: why we wanted to have this conversation, yeah. because it makes people realize, or not realize, hear another side, hear the other side. Sure. Um, and to hear you, I know Desmond is going to elaborate, but to hear you talk about these different policies, you light up. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a politician light up before. And I know you don't call yourself one, but yeah, I've never seen someone get so excited for the work and the change that they're trying to Implement in a community, mm. so
2: it moves me. And the, and eighty percent of my time are in those neighborhoods that need us the most. Yeah. And and it's not about policing; it's it's about connecting. Yeah. It really is. Whether it's a quality of life issue like illegal dumping, we have cameras up in 150 locations throughout the, the city and county right now, and it's taking care of those neighborhoods that people think they can go and dump trash in a neighborhood mm-hmm. and, and they need to know they, they're thinking wrong because uh, I, I spend 80% of my time in those neighborhoods that really need the most help and the most resources and, and need to have somebody there fighting for them yeah. and uh, this office, me, Chief Harrison, uh, my Chief of Staff, Erica Davis, we're going to fight for people. We're going to fight for people that need fighting for let me tell you that.
0: Yeah. I really love that because I think it's, it's, it's transformational and it's, it's changing the narrative. Um, and you spoke about how kids um, come into it, or come into the activities, or whatever uh, you guys are putting on, and they have this just negative view on, you know, police officers sure. and law enforcement. So how do you think, or is there is there a change in the attitude and the, you know, do you see that from the people you talk to, the people you guys meet? Mm-hmm. Um, how has that changed? What, what, what are you seeing that's making a difference? I,
2: I see, well, first of all, you, you always have to invest in the community. So you always have to be open and transparent with the community. You have to invite the community in. You have to be welcoming. You have to be welcoming. Our officers are welcoming. They, they interact with, I, I'm amazed by my folks. They'll sometimes stop in the middle of a road and play basketball with kids while they're out patrolling. And uh, th- th- it, they, it's a culture. It's a culture at our office that uh, you celebrate that diversity, you celebrate, you get to know. I have it a part of my policy too, that when you're being field trained as a police officer, that you get exposed purposefully to different communities different cultural norms, getting to understand the history of neighborhoods. Acres Homes, as I refer, the faux faux, it, <laughs> they, have, they have got a history, a wonderful history. Yeah, absolutely. Independent history. Heights has a beautiful history. Cashmere uh, Gardens has a history. Yes. And unless you know that history, you can't fully appreciate that history. Mm-hmm. So part of our training is exposing. I embed our officers with officers that understand those areas uh, Chief Harrison grew up, you know, kind of in the Independent Heights area. Mm-hmm. Get to know the, the people and the cultural norms, and, and that breaks down barriers. It does um, so, uh, yeah. And, and any police department nowadays that's not interested in change um, is is going to be way left behind. And I I, I listen to the community first. Yes, and what I like to add. very what important.
3: Like yep. You know, he he says something, and I when I came over in thirteen. Uh, one of the things that really made me see how he felt was, you know, in our, in our communities, we've been told what to do. Mm-hmm. What he did was we would go to uh, the Acres Home Multi-Service Center. We would go to the Cashmere Garden Service Center. And we would meet with the leaders of those super neighborhoods. And he would ask them, what do you want? I want to partner with you. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you want us to to, to do in your communities? What do you want us to focus on in your communities? At that time, plight was really, really bad. Blight was really, really bad. Uh, we There was trash all up and down Calvacay. They would literally put tr- couches and things in the middle of the median. I mean, it was stacked so high. You couldn't see from one side of the street to the other. And uh, he said, well, look, they, the people said, we want to get rid of this trash. You know, we had people calling our office saying, hey, is is neighborhoods like Acres Homes that in the main streets, uh, South James Victory, Franklin Street. James Franklin, mm-hmm. West Montgomery, where people were, were, were dumping, le- illegally dumping, and it made the neighborhood look bad. And so they said, this is where we want you to start. And so he said, okay, let's partner, let's make that a focus. And and we did, and it's been successful. And so I, I like the fact that he allowed the community to, to have some input and what they wanted to see done. That's what we enjoy doing.
2: We were always on the front lines.
0: On the front lines is the Center for African American military history production as a part of the Building Community Initiative with support from the Houston Endowment and BBVA. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe.